Today, as we get ready to jump into this, I've got a very, very spiritual, deep, profound question for you. Anybody remember the game show, Who Wants to Be a Millionaire? Come on, anybody remember when that came out? Oh, man, I remember when that came out. I thought, for one, I thought that that was the silliest question, the silliest title of a game show. Who wants to be a millionaire? Not me. Like, who would say no, right? The question was, who? It was like, oh, I want to be a millionaire. And then as I started learning a little bit about the game, one of my favorite parts would be the little lifelines they'd have. Do you remember that part of it? Come on, some of you, 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 have, you were born after Who Wants to Be a Millionaire. You need to Google it. You need to go back and watch some of it. It's a great, great game show. But I love the lifelines. And it is always interesting if the contestant on their way to a million dollars did not know the answer, you could phone a friend. Now, when I was watching that, I thought about my situation. And I thought if I was ever on that show and and I bumped into something like that, and I didn't know the answer. I thought, who would I call? And then I quickly realized my friends weren't that smart. I couldn't think of anybody. <laughs> when they'd have those questions and they'd call a friend, I'd be like, man, I'd just be hosed. None of my friends know that. I don't know, the, I don't know it. My friends don't know it. But I just love that concept. You get stuck, phone a friend. And then there's another game show. Uh, the Price is Right. Anybody enjoy The Price is Right? Come on down. The Price is Right. Come on down to contestant row. And then they'd be, they'd be down there and in front of the little, the front of the little uh, place that has the numbers where they're going to put in their bid, bidding on the, what is it? What, what, what price do you think it is? And it was always a funny part when it come time for, and there'd be the product, and they say, what is it? How much are you going to say? And they turn around to the crowd. You remember that part? They turn around and everybody's screaming, 400, 360, $1. Everybody's going to call $1 at some point. $1. And I just thought, what kind of stress would that be? You're just turning around. Everybody's screaming at you. And then whatever the person would say, there's half the crowd that's like, yeah. And the other crowd like, oh, no, bad call. Well, I was just thinking about those, those competing views or looks when you're trying to get advice. We live in a price is right kind of a world. Is it just me or have you noticed that there's no shortage of people who want to give you their opinion? Have you noticed that about everything, about your marriage? They're not even married, but they want to give you marriage advice. Or even worse, they're on their fifth marriage and want to give you marriage advice. I'd drop him. I'd leave her. I'd tell him what's up. People want to tell you how you parent. So how you supposed you ever, ever had anybody try and tell you how you ought to parent? Well, this is what I would tell them. This is what I would tell my kids if I had kids. This is what I would tell my kids. People want to tell you what to do with your shouting. And what I want you to know today as we wrap up this series on the Holy Spirit is that while we live in a world full of noise, that God has set it up to where you and I don't have to face life by ourselves but aren't you thankful that we can phone a friend? I don't mean to trivialize it, trivialize it. I don't mean to downplay the significance or the sacredness of the Holy Spirit. But what I want you to understand from Scripture is that all of us, somebody say all of us, need help. 
All of us need wisdom. We need guidance. We need direction to live the life that God has called me to live. He knows I cannot do it by myself. Have you bumped into that reality in your own life? You don't know all the right answers. You don't know what the day may hold. You don't know how to work through this situation. You don't know how to overcome this problem. And yet God never intended for us to do it on our own. He said, I'm going to give you the Holy Spirit to guide you. Galatians chapter 5, verse 16. He says, so I say, let the Holy Spirit guide your lives. Then, somebody say then, then you won't be doing what your sinful nature craves. Pause for just a moment and see the competing uh, directions or paths here in just this first verse. So I say, live by the Spirit. If you will allow the Holy Spirit to lead you, to guide you, to be your counselor, if you will do that, then you will not give in to those sinful desires, those sinful nature craves. You will not be bound by those things, but instead you will be led by the Holy Spirit. says the sinful nature wants to do evil, which is just the opposite of what the Spirit wants. And the Spirit gives us desires that are the opposite of what the sinful nature desires. These two forces are constantly fighting each other, so you are not free to carry out your good intentions. Everybody has good intentions. Like if I were to sit down with you over a cup of coffee and say, just tell me about your life. Tell me about your dreams. Tell me about your plans. There's nobody in here that says, well, my goal is if I can before 40 to be bankrupt. Nobody says that. Nobody would say, well, if everything goes according to schedule, I'm going to drop out of high school. You'll never hear a teenager say that. Well, if I can just get my way, if everything lands the way I'm hoping it will and, and that I need it to, this marriage won't last. Nobody says that. We all have good intentions. And what we're learning about the guide, the counselor, the leader, the Holy Spirit, is that the Holy Spirit will guide us along God's path and God's direction so that we can experience the blessings that God has for our lives. Would you turn to your neighbor right now and just say, God wants to bless you. Go ahead, tell them that. Just say, God wants to bless you. Turn to your other neighbor right now and say, you look like you need a blessing right now. You just, you look like you could use a blessing from the Lord. You got to know this today, church. God wants to bless you. God wants to bless your life. God has good in mind for you and me. The unfortunate reality is that many Christians miss out on those blessings. Why? Because of following the wrong voices. Hear this. Just because you're a Christian, just because you have the Holy Spirit inside you, does not mean that the Holy Spirit is ultimately, truly guiding you. 
There are a lot of Christians who, yes, as a follower of Jesus, someone who surrendered your life to Christ, you have the Holy Spirit in you. But just because he's in you does not mean he is leading you. That's why it says, so I say, let the Spirit guide you. Then you won't do what your sinful nature craves. There are voices, there are dangerous voices that are trying to distract. Let me give you three quick dangerous voices that you have to silence if you're going to follow the voice of the Spirit. Three dangerous voices. Number one would be this, the voice of the flesh. The voice of the flesh. Galatians 5, 17 says that that sinful nature, our fleshly desires, want to do evil. Now, remember, we just talked about how we all have good intentions. How many of you have noticed that when you're trying to carry out your good intentions, that sin nature gets really loud? Have you ever experienced that before? Come on, don't leave me by myself. You don't have a sin nature. You don't, have, you don't have some fleshly voice calling out to you. I want to do the right thing. I want to say the right thing. But oh, that voice of the flesh is loud. And I'll notice it, especially if I get tired. If, I, if, I'm, if I'm like depleted, if maybe I haven't slept well. For some of you, if you hadn't had your cup of coffee yet, you're not like Jesus. Be honest. You're not, you're not spiritual. Hadn't had your cup of coffee. Or maybe the kids are getting on your nerves. What I've learned in my life is if I'm not careful, if I listen to the voice of the flesh, I will tell everybody what I think. They don't even have to ask. I'll just share it. Because that flesh wants to cry. I've got my flesh's voice always in my mind saying, it's all about you. It's all about you. My good intentions, if you were to say to me, Scotty, do you think the world revolves around you? I would say, no, 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 absolutely not. If you were to ask my flesh, should it? Absolutely it should. Do you know how great my marriage would be if she would think like me, act like me, talk like me, see life like me? Listen, this world would be a happy, happy place. But what I find is my flesh rises up when there's a difference, a different perspective, a, a different opinion, or, or if my kids are, are getting on my nerves. And so what I have to do is I have to understand that the voice of the flesh can be loud, and I better learn to pause it. So it can save me a lot of trouble by not listening to it. Proverbs chapter 14 and verse 12 says, you may think you are on the right road and still end up dead. Ooh, that's a scripture right there. You may think you're on the right road and still end up dead. The flesh will have you convinced that that is a smart decision, a good decision, and something that you should do. But you've got to learn to silence the dangerous voice of the flesh. Here's the second one. The voice of the world. We have to learn to silence and to ignore, to shut out the voice of the world. This can be any people, places, or things that are contrary to the voice of God. Anything or anybody that causes you to listen to a voice or to take a path other than the path that God has for you. And it can seem harmless, it usually does. But if you listen closely to the 
voice of the world, you'll realize it's a dangerous voice. If we're not careful, we'll, we'll find ourselves listening to the voice of the world that's a secular, cultural worldview. In other words, we see life through the lens of this world and its ways rather than through the filter of God's word. Did you know that there's a lot of people who even view God through a worldly point of view? Like their filter their way of processing all things starts with the pattern of this world, and that's even how they view God. But when you're a follower of Jesus and the Holy Spirit is guiding you, you will flip it. Instead of seeing God through the eyes of this world, you will see this world through the eyes of God, and it will change everything. You've got to be very, very careful about what the world has to say about stuff or things or popularity or money or materialism or how we're supposed to go about handling the affairs of our lives. It's a trap, a preoccupation with the things of this world and giving into the voice of this world will separate us from the blessings that God has for us. First John chapter two, verse 16 says, for everything in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life comes not from the Father, but from the world. We have to be careful to not listen to the voice of flesh or the voice of this world. Let me give you one final voice that we have to quiet, that we have to reject. It's the voice of the devil. This seems like a no-brainer, right? We all know that the devil makes for a lousy life coach, right? We do realize that we shouldn't be signing up to go get some counseling from Satan. How many of you know that's straightforward? That's plain. We understand that. But do you know how often I find myself, maybe you have too, as a follower of Jesus, and the devil is saying, here's what I think, and I'll find myself agreeing with the devil, now, he's never that direct. He doesn't come up and say, hey, Scotty, Satan here, just wanted to give you a little bit of marital advice. He never comes up like that. John chapter 8, verse 44 says it this way, that he's a liar. Look at it. He has always hated the truth because there is no truth in him. When he lies, it is consistent with his character for he is a liar and the father of lives, of lies. He is deceptive. He is smooth. He is subtle. But he'll find that weak moment. He'll find that weak spot. He'll find that vulnerability in your life. And he will pounce on it and he will exploit it. When it comes to temptation, he doesn't talk about the, the consequence. He doesn't talk about the results of giving into that temptation. It's all sparkles. It's all appealing. It's all attractive. It's the temptation of Delilah. It's so alluring. He doesn't say, now let me tell you the rest of the story. Let me tell you how this ends up for you. Let me tell you how all of this plays out should you take the bait. Why? Because Scripture says in Corinthians, he masquerades like an angel 
of light. He says, you can play with that sin and not get burned. That relationship at work that you know is already crossing a line, but I haven't done anything yet, but the emotional affair has begun. Conversations that are inappropriate, direct messages that are out of bounds. Satan says, you can play with it and not get burned. Satan lies and says, you don't need to keep praying because God is not listening anyway. You can just stop praying. He lies. It's a dangerous voice. He says, that person mistreated you. You were wronged. You deserve to get even. It's your next move. He's lying. He'll try to discourage you. He'll try to tell you, you've blown it. You've messed up so bad that you're trapped. You've done too much. You've gone too far. Your situation is too hopeless. You'll never be free from addiction. You'll never get out of it. Or you'll never have a healthy family. Or you'll never have a healthy marriage. You'll never be a good mom or a good dad. But I'm here to tell you today that the devil is a liar. That's a dangerous voice. You can reject it. Don't listen to it. Don't entertain it. Don't flirt with it. Don't give it a foothold. It's dangerous. Reject the voice of the flesh. Reject the voice of this world and reject the voice of the devil. Instead, so I say to you, let the Holy Spirit guide your life. Let the Holy Spirit lead you. It's his desire to lead you. Romans chapter 8 and verse 14 says, For all who are led by the Spirit of God are the children of God. Jesus' model being led by the Spirit in Luke chapter 4 verse 1, it says, Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, left the Jordan and was led by the Spirit into the wilderness. He will lead us away from the traps of the enemy and into the will of God. John chapter 16 and verse 13 says, when the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all the truth for he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak and he will declare to you things that are to come. God is above time. God is beyond time. God is beyond our problems. He is wiser than our greatest complexities. And because the spirit has all things under his control and is all knowing if we will tap into that phone a friend we will tap into a knowledge and a wisdom beyond anything we could ever possess on our own so I say to you let the spirit guide you well I imagine if you had the chance just to phone a friend and know that you could get heaven Come on, how awesome would that be? If you could just at any given moment, you just pull out the phone. Hey, Jesus, it's me again. Listen, I just don't even know what to do here in this moment. And God is saying, if you will look to me and let the Spirit guide you, he will lead you into all truth. Let me quickly give you two ways the Holy Spirit speaks. Number one is this. He speaks through the Word of God. The Holy Spirit speaks to us through God's word. 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 16 says, All scripture, somebody say all scripture. All scripture is God-breathed 
and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness so that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. Oh, I want to be led by the Spirit. Oh, I want the Spirit to guide me. I don't want to make poor financial decisions. I don't want to make a poor career choice. I don't want to make a a, a bad decision on buying a car or buying a house. I don't want to make a poor decision as a dad and how I'm parenting and and how much is is too much discipline and and, and I'm being too harsh with them versus I'm not giving them enough. I need wisdom. Oh, I just need help on that. God says, so I say, live by the Spirit. Let the Spirit guide you. Oh, God, I want you to guide me. I need your help. How do I do? it. Get into the word of God. You see, you don't read a chapter a day to keep the devil away. It's not that you read a little scripture each day because you get extra credit in heaven if you crack open a Bible. No, no. I have to open the word of God because I know the Holy Spirit will guide me as I train myself in righteousness by feeding on scripture. The number one way that the Holy Spirit will speak to you. You don't have to wonder. You don't have to guess. He makes it plain is through God's word. Psalm 119 verse 105 says, Your word is a lamp for my feet and a light on my path. You read it. You meditate on it. You hide it in your heart and you apply it to your life. It will guide you as a student, as a parent, as a spouse, as an employee. It will show you how to handle your work, your relationships, your money, ups and downs of life. How many of you have ever been reading the Bible and it's like in that moment something just jumped off the page and hit your heart? Have you ever had that happen before? That's the Holy Spirit speaking to you. And if you're like, well, I've never had that happen before, read your Bible. And the more you read it, the greater the chance that something's going to jump up and hit your heart. Get into it and read it. Not just to get through a paragraph, but to say, God, would you speak to me today? Would you help me to understand what your word is teaching? There are times that it's just a moment. It's something in an instant. It jumps off and hits you. And then there are other times the Holy Spirit is speaking things to you that he already knows that you're going to need. I didn't even know I was going to need it, but he knew that I was going to need it. And he's preparing me. The number one way the Holy Spirit speaks to us is through God's word. Here's the second piece. He speaks directly to our hearts. Now, it's important for us to understand that when I'm talking about he speaks through the word and then other times he speaks directly to our hearts, you have to understand that it's never when he's speaking to my heart going to do anything about contradicting God's word. So I'd never want to say, well, this is what he's saying to me, but that would go against Scripture. That is not the Holy Spirit because God speaking directly to my heart through the Holy Spirit will always, somebody say always, be in alignment with the Bible. God will speak directly to my my heart at times, though. It's it's not something that was spelled out in Scripture. It was a situation here to where I didn't know what to do to to counsel a friend or, or to make my own decision. I didn't know what to do. But the Holy Spirit speaks to me. How does he speak? 
Well, for some people, when you hear them talk, you just think that they're just walking down the road and, and God's just talking like, hey, Scotty, how you doing? Oh, good, God, I'm doing good. How are you? They'll just say, God said this to me and God told me, no, don't eat fruity pebbles, eat cocoa pebbles. Like God just talks to them about everything. And God can speak in all kinds of ways. But for me, it's typically not an audible voice. Now, if I was shooting straight, I'd prefer that because I need that. I'd be like, Lord, I need an audible voice, a burning bush, speak through a donkey, and then I need you to give me confirmation with handwriting on the wall. I could use some of that, but you know how he often speaks to me? Let me give you a few ways. The first way would be through a whisper. Just a whisper in my heart. Just like he did for Elijah in 1 Kings chapter 19. It wasn't in all of the big stuff. It was just this still, small voice. And the more that I study his word, the more I learn to recognize his voice. I can be in a crowd of people with a lot of people talking, but if I hear my wife Casey's voice, I immediately recognize it and know that that's my bride. Why? Because of hours and hours and days and weeks and months and years of time together, of conversations together. And that's what happens when you do the first part of studying God's word and training your life in righteousness is what happens. Then when the Holy Spirit whispers to you to go and invite that friend to come with you on a Sunday to church or, or that still small little whisper voice in your heart says you need to go and apologize and say, I'm sorry, you will recognize it. And then when the flesh is fighting against that, like Galatians chapter five and saying, no, they don't deserve that. No, you don't have to say that. But the Holy Spirit is whispering, saying, listen, I have better for you. I have more for you. Don't you take revenge. I'll take care of them. You take care of you. When I silence the flesh and listen to the spirit, I step into blessing. And the favor that God has for me instead of the destruction that the devil wants for me. Sometimes he speaks to me through a whisper. Here's another way he speaks to me. Through peace. You know, you're praying about a big decision. You're spending time in God's presence. You're asking God to lead you. and like, Lord, I'm trying to make a decision here to go left. Or to go right. Lord, I don't know what's on the other side of this decision. I don't know where each of these paths may end. But I just desperately need you. I'm asking for your help. And as you begin to pray, it just seems as you start looking at one decision or another, there's just a peace. Have you ever had that happen before? You can't describe it. There's just this peace. I'm trying to decide if I should be in this small group or that small group. Or I'm trying to decide if I have time right now in my life to get into a small group. And as you're praying about, God gives you just this peace that says, take this step and watch what happens. See, peace doesn't mean that it's the absence of fear or that I've got it all figured out. Instead, I would say, when I find the Holy Spirit guiding my life and leading my life in the area of peace, it comes down to, despite the fact that there's a lot of unknown, even though there are things that I would say, man, that makes me a little bit nervous, all I can say is that I have this peace that passes all understanding. I can't explain it, nor can I deny it. The Holy Spirit is leading me through peace. 
Another way that the Holy Spirit speaks to me and, 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 and leads me by speaking directly to my heart will be a check in my spirit. As you're praying and saying, God, lead me, and maybe you're talking to godly counsel, and, and you, you've got an opportunity, maybe it's to change this job and go to another one, and there are a lot of reasons why that seems like it would be a good move, but there's just something in your heart. Ah, it just, you ever been there before? We call it a check in our spirit. It's just the Holy Spirit saying, pump the brakes. For some of you who are about to make a major decision, but when you still your heart and you quiet the voices and you spend time in prayer, you feel a check. I would appeal to you today, do not resist the loving check of the Holy Spirit in your heart. You have no idea what he's saving you from and what he's saving you for. The last way that I believe the Holy Spirit speaks directly to my heart from time to time would be a supernatural or a prophetic way that the Holy Spirit speaks to us. God can speak supernaturally to you in a dream or through a brother or a sister in Christ. And certainly this one can be abused, but it's in the Bible and we see it over and over. And as long as what I'm feeling like he is speaking to my heart does not contradict scripture, I can take what I felt in my heart, what I felt like he was showing me supernaturally or prophetically, and I can weigh it before the Lord and say, God, is this you? When we were praying about coming to People's Church, my family, we were living in, in the Springfield, Missouri area, and we were praying and I'd already been coming here and, and preaching and a part of the preaching team. And, and yet, Pastor Herbert and I were talking about what if we did this together? What if we moved our family here and, and served on staff? But it was a big deal for our family. Our roots were there, my side of the family there, her side of the family there, and our kids and all of their friends there. And, and one day I was in my house and, and we had called an electrician to come and work on a light and had a light that was, wasn't working correctly. And, and so uh, the electrician comes and, and I and greet him there at the door, introduce myself, never met the man before in my life. We walk in, I say, well, here's the light right here. Here's what we're trying to do. This light's not working. We need to get that fixed. And I'm explaining it to him. And I look down and he looks at me and he says, can I talk to you for a minute? I'm like, sure. He turns around and walks out of my living room and walks into my kitchen. I'm like, where's this man going in my house? He doesn't even know me. He walked into the kitchen. My wife was in the kitchen. He said, I needed to get both of you here together because he said, God spoke to my heart and I'm supposed to tell you and started talking. Now, as a pastor, I've had that happen a number of times. And most of the time I'm like, this person ate some bad pizza or something like they don't know what they're talking about. You know, and you're like, thank you very much. Praise the Lord. Let's get back to the light in here that I need fixed. A lot of times that's how it happened. In that moment, he said, the Lord wanted me to tell you and began to speak to our hearts and confirming in our hearts about us moving to Oklahoma City in People's Church. I didn't know that man. He did not know me. But when he started talking, we both started weeping because we just felt the presence of God there in that moment. And I had it happen three different times. Some of you are like, three times? I'm like, yeah, I told you I was hard-headed. 
Sometimes God will speak to you like that. Doesn't happen often, but I'm telling you, it's a way of the Holy Spirit. Now listen, just because you have a dream, just because an electrician comes up and starts telling you something about, thus saith the Lord, don't, don't receive that word and say, yes, Lord, I'm going to go quit my job and start playing the lottery. Listen, that is not the Lord. You better get up and go to work. Sometimes God speaks supernaturally. And I just want you to know the more time that you spend in his word, seeking his face, you will learn to exercise obedience, walking in obedience to what he's telling us to do. If we ignore his promptings, if we ignore the checks in our spirit that he gives us, we will become calloused and desensitized to what he's trying to show us. God wants to guide you. God wants to bless you. If you will lean in and be diligent about about rejecting the dangerous voices and committed to listening to the voice of the Spirit. He will take you places that you could never go on your own. He will lead you into blessings beyond what you could ever imagine. Listen, I'm grateful for those who lead our nation. I'm thankful for those who lead universities and schools. I'm thankful for brilliant minds in our medical communities. I'm grateful for counselors and therapists. I appreciate the economy and financial advisors. But thanks be to God that when my back is against the wall and all of hell is breaking loose in my home and my life, I can call on the one who is above it all, the one who's the king of kings and lord of lords. You and I can phone him. We can call him up. The Spirit wants to guide you. So I want us to pray today. And I would just ask you as we do that you would surrender your life in a way that says, God, would you lead me? I want to follow your voice. I want to follow your guidance. I want to live the path, lead the life that you have for me. Come on, let's just pray that together right now. Heads bowed, eyes closed. Lord, I pray that for every single person in this room, especially on my heart today, Lord, would be those who or trying to make a big decision or just feel at a loss on what to do next about a situation that seems to be just overwhelming. Lord, I thank you that you're never stumped. I thank you that you're never intimidated. I thank you, Lord, that you're not playing hide and seek and you're not making life difficult just for the sake of messing with us, but you've told us in your word that if we will live according to the leading of your Holy Spirit, that you will guide us, that you will empower us, that you will lead us into the place that you have for us. Would you do that, please, today? With heads still bowed and eyes still closed, I want to pray for any in this room today who the reality is you're not being guided by the Holy Spirit because the Holy Spirit's not living inside of you because you've yet to surrender your life to Christ. You're not a follower of Jesus. You haven't made him Lord of your life. Listen, today is your day to quit running from God and to turn and run into his arms that are wide open. 
I want you to know that no matter where you've been, no matter what you've done, no matter how many mistakes you've made, I want you to know that God loves you and he cares about you and he has a plan for you. You are one heartfelt prayer away from having your life totally and completely changed. Scripture says that it's such a transformation that it's like you're born all over again. Do you need a fresh start? Do you need a clean slate today? Do you need a new beginning? I want you to know that God loves you so much that he sent Jesus Christ to die on the cross for your sin and mine. He paid your sin debt so that you wouldn't have to. While I can't promise you or guarantee you that you'll ever have another opportunity to get your life right with God, today, God, in His grace and His mercy, He gives you this one. And that sense that you feel in your heart, just that stirring in your heart, that is the Holy Spirit. That is His kindness and His love calling you to turn from a life of disobedience to a life of surrender. Today, I'm going to lead you in a prayer. And if you say, Scotty, that's me. I want to commit or recommit my life to Christ. I want to make Jesus Lord of my heart. I want to ask the Holy Spirit to come in and live inside of me. I want to go to heaven instead of hell. Scotty, include me in that final prayer. When I count to three, if that's you, I want you to shoot your hand up and I'll pray for you. One, two, three. Come on, raise it up all over the room. Awesome. Awesome. Hands going up in every single section. Come on, all of our campuses, just slip up your hand. You want to commit or recommit your life to Christ? Those watching online, come on, you just type in the chat right there and say, that's me. I want everybody to pray this prayer with me. Those of you that are raising your hand, mean it with all of your heart. Say, dear God, thank you for your grace and your mercy. Today, I surrender my life to you. I want to make you Lord of my life. I belong to you. Thank you for saving my soul. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.